a normal standard lab value range that you see on your lab result is like hitting the side of a barn. If I stand you back 50 feet and I give you a ball and I say, here, hit this side of a barn, you're probably gonna hit it. But if I put an itty bitty target on the barn and I say, this is your optimal range, try to hit it. You might, you might not, but this is where you're gonna have your life back. This is where you're gonna feel your best. This is The Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you are listening to this, my disease-preventing babes. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today on the Medicine Podcast and expanding your mind and just your life experience, really. I am just sitting in so much gratitude, staring at this beautiful lake, Priest Lake, up in northern Idaho on the Idaho-Canadian border. Um, Chase and I are up here for a couple weeks in kind of a remote working vacation, and I'm just so blessed that I'm able to work on the podcast and bring you guys quality content while also being in nature and enjoying this little slice of untouched heaven. That is my medicine today, no doubt. Okay, so this episode was much needed. Um, Today, you'll hear me discussing all things thyroid with functional health practitioner and thyroid expert, Amy Horneman. So after dealing with her own thyroid mess for far too long, seeing so many doctors, receiving no answers, Amy became her own best health advocate and decided to jump into the complicated but oh-so-necessary world of the thyroid. She's been educating and helping people with thyroid frustrations for over 20 years now. And before this interview, I asked you all on Instagram for any thyroid questions you might have for Amy, and I was so shocked, you guys, to see how many flooded my inbox. Uh, It made me sad that there are so many people who are not getting good answers from their doctors. And, you know, that's one of the topics that we cover today. Why the large majority of conventional treatment of the thyroid doesn't do anything, along with why the thyroid is so critically important for all of us. What labs to get and how often, medical ranges versus optimal ranges, Amy also addresses natural thyroid medication and treatment. You all had so many questions about this. We cover how to lose weight when you're on thyroid medication, extra resources to understand the thyroid more and become your own best advocate, and just so, so much more. Um, There's so much to this episode, and I'm so excited for all of you to listen and get some answers. If you've been struggling with unexplained symptoms, or your doctor won't give you the labs that you need, or maybe you've been on thyroid medication and always had a feeling that it's doing nothing, you are going to love this episode, my love. (laughs) So grab a paper and a pen and a cup of some mushroom coffee, because this is a jam-packed interview and you don't want to miss any of it. 
One more thing before we head into the interview, if you love this podcast and it's helped you in any way at all, we would absolutely love a review from you. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, it's super easy. Just scroll down when you're on the medicine's main page until you see the reviews. Click see all and then write a review. And before you push submit, you can take a screenshot and DM it to me at GetMimiFit on Instagram, and I will personally send you some dope mushroom products to thank you. You're the best. Cheers and love. Enjoy the interview. All right, you guys, I am so excited for this interview. I have Amy Horneman with me, and I'm going to let her talk about um, what she does and how she helps people in the world. But I am so grateful to her because she has been so flexible the last couple of days working with me on jumping on this interview, and I just appreciate her so much. She has a wealth of knowledge. I'm so excited to bring her to you all. Um, Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And we just kind of clicked. So this worked out perfectly. Yes. As soon as you said, when we first talked on Zoom, as soon as you said, no, I love to do videos and do education and speak to people. I was like, oh yeah, we're going to get along great. (laughs) Definitely. I agree. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you because I get so many thyroid questions and I have dealt with my own, you know, subpar thyroid issues that were self-induced. You know, I put my state into a a, a very stressed state about three years ago, and I I haven't even told you this yet, but I've experienced my own thyroid issues that I had to like really dig in and do research and read the books. And, you know, I, I was in a state where I felt like crap and I didn't know why. And even my naturopath was kind of confused. Why? Because she looked at my blood work, didn't see a whole lot that jumped out. And um, it was really, really hard. So when women come to me and ask me questions, like I feel like I can, you know, kind of empathize with them, sympathize with them. And I'm so excited to get some answers from someone who not only has dealt with it yourself, but now you're helping people get out of that stressed state and that state of just feeling like, feeling like crap. Can you give us a little actually first, oh my gosh, I didn't even ask you the question that I ask every guest. Shame on me. Okay. I got so excited to talk about thyroid. (laughs) Okay. The question that I ask every guest is what do you love in your life so much that you wish you could gift to every human? Oh, that's such a great question. So honestly, I would say it would be finish what you start own it, be accountable, follow through. It's such a a cliche, I think, that to say that nothing worth having is easy, but yet you'll never know unless you follow through and you don't quit. And as it applies to health and what we'll be talking about today, so many people are frustrated and they'll tell you they're frustrated and they'll tell everyone else about their frustrations and then they'll complain, but they won't take that next step to make change. They look at that task ahead of them and they just get overwhelmed, they say, oh, well, I'll never feel better. That will never be me. I can't do that. And if you just break it down into small doable pieces and take that next step, own it, follow through, you will see your life change. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Almost like the faith and courage to like believe in yourself to figure it out. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. That's a great, that's a great, it goes along with everything that I, I try to layer into every single episode and interview that I put on here is we have to be our own best health advocates. No I say doctor. that all the time. You do? I'm- oh my gosh. We are soul sisters. Um, so I do want to jump in because I have so many questions for you. I got super excited already. Um, I have questions for you regarding, you know, thyroid in general, and then I actually have a case study. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I actually went to Instagram and polled questions and people have a lot of questions about the thyroid. I think it's like this mysterious gland, right? That's so important. And so I'm excited for you to shed some light. Um, First, can you tell us a little bit about um, your background in your own health journey and what led you to working with uh, the thyroid and how you help women now? Absolutely. So like you said earlier, it's about having that empathy and sympathy. Empathy really, because once you go through something, you can really tune into a person's frustrations and feelings and 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 feel how they feel because you've been there. So Backtrack about 24, 25 years ago, I was in my 20s. I was competing in fitness and figure competitions. So for those who don't know what that is, basically you are on a very strict diet. You are working out like crazy. You normally have a coach that tells you what to do. And you're standing on stage in a bikini being judged. You have to look lean and muscular. And it's it's really, it's a lot of work to get there. So contest prep is usually about 12, 18 weeks. I did it before. I knew what to expect. I did some fitness modeling. I knew what to expect. Well, this time I was putting on weight instead of losing weight and I was tired and I didn't feel like myself. It was that tuning into your own body, listening to your body's signals. Something wasn't right and I knew it. So I went to six different doctors who all told me I was quote unquote, air quotes here, normal. Oh, you're normal. You're fine. Everything's fine. Mm. And at one point after the sixth doctor, I remember crying in my car because I just wanted an answer. I knew that there was something wrong with me and I wanted somebody to tell me what it was so that we could fix it because I didn't want to feel this way the rest of my life. And I didn't like being 20 plus pounds overweight on a 5'2 frame. That's not comfortable whatsoever. And as women, we're very conscious about that. So the seventh doctor finally diagnosed me. She said, you have goiters on your thyroid. You have hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's. Okay, great. Now I had an answer. Then she put me on Synthroid, which is T4. About five months later, when nothing was changing, I went back to her and I said, you know, I've been doing some research here and there's this thing called T3 and it really seems like T3 and T4 work well together. She goes, well, I don't do that. I only prescribe Synthroid. I said, well, I'm going to find somebody who does. (laughs) So that led me to a functional medicine practitioner who is now my mentor and he guided me. He showed me what tests I needed, what optimal looked like, what medication was appropriate for me. And I finally got optimized and literally got my life back. So I knew at that point, that was my turning point. From that point on, I knew if I'm dealing with this, so many other women are dealing with this. And I went on to get my master's in clinical nutrition. I became a certified functional medicine practitioner. And now I'm in the process. I'm one year away from getting my doctoral degree. So it's just been such a journey. I've been in private practice for about 24 years now. 
just helping people. I fix people. That's what I do. I just, I give them their lives back and I fix people. And functional medicine gets to the root cause of, of all problems. So you really have to dig deep and find out what is causing this. But when we're talking about the thyroid, it usually is autoimmune or it is something that, like you said earlier, a stressor, just extreme stress or extreme dieting or extreme exercising, something like that that triggers it. Yeah, that was definitely my case. And I know for so many other women, there is this societal and cultural pressure for, um, for women to be lean year round, or say you're in a competition style, you put yourself into a subpar thyroid state because you're putting so much stress on your body and things start to shut down. That was definitely the case for me. And Luckily, mine was reversible because I did it to myself. And so I just needed to like, like, you know, nurse myself back to health, lots of digging, lots of time, lots of, you know, reading and lots of work, honestly, but it it was, it was great because I was able to turn it around. Um, Can you explain to maybe some people out there who um, don't know how important the thyroid is? Can you explain why? it's so important and critical to overall health and just feeling good. Oh yeah. The thyroid is the master. And unfortunately, even in medical schools, they don't spend enough time on it. And I don't know why it is the master gland. It runs the show. It gives you a metabolism. It improves your mood. It improves your energy. It grows your hair. It strengthens your nails. It helps you sleep. It regulates sex hormones. It is so, so, so important. Even for the heart, it's important. So every cell in our body has receptor sites on it for thyroid hormone. The thyroid has to be producing adequate adequate amounts of thyroid hormone for it to get to the cell and make a difference in your body and keep you in an optimal state of life. When the thyroid shuts down, your, your life is nothing. You, you don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That was the case for me when it was not, when it was subpar, I, by 1 PM, I could, I was a dental hygienist and my poor last patient before lunch, I could barely keep my eyes open to talk to them. And I was like, this is, this is not right. There's something wrong with me. And even my naturopath was, couldn't get to the answer. And so I know there's this state of frustration where people just like you had, I just want someone to listen to me. Mm -hmm. Um, can you explain a little bit between uh, the difference between there's a lot of like mystery around the thyroid and all these different conditions. Can you explain the difference between hypo, hyper, um, Hashimoto's and Graves? Yes. So 90% of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune form. So when when we say hypo, we mean low, slow, low functioning. Hashimoto's is the autoimmune form of hypothyroidism. And that's essentially where our immune system is confused. I always like to use the analogy of you have these little soldiers and they're just, they just don't know what they're doing. They're really confused. They think that your thyroid is an invader, an enemy, and they go out and they just attack it and they beat it up. And in beating it up, you eventually, your thyroid eventually stops working properly and stops producing that thyroid hormone that it should be. And eventually there's, there's stages of Hashimoto's where 
we gradually see the destruction of the thyroid. Hashimoto's can actually be present decades before it's even diagnosed or seen, but yet you could still be suffering with all, all the symptoms that come with it. And, and that's really what we see in the majority of people. So it could even be that what we mentioned earlier, a stressor, it might not be that that stressor down-regulated your thyroid function. It could be that that stressor flipped that switch on the autoimmune condition Hashimoto. So you had that genetic predisposition already for an autoimmune condition. Look back in your family, see if there's autoimmune there. That switch gets flipped. Pregnancy, puberty, perimenopause, extreme dieting, um, death, divorce, those stressors can, can turn that, that on. And then we see the presentation of all of those symptoms. And then here's Hashimoto's. Gray's is just the hyper thyroid form of an autoimmune condition. So that's where essentially a person experiences too much activity in their thyroid. And eventually with Graves, we see a swing. Someone will, like a pendulum swing. Someone will swing from Graves to Hashimoto's, mainly because their doctors put them on methamazole or some kind of drug that downregulates their thyroid function to try to bring down those thyroid hormones. And in doing so, sends them into a hypo state. So now they're swinging back to Hashi. So that's basically the, the two different forms. Majority of people fall into the hypothyroid Hashimoto category. Gotcha. Okay. So can you um, give us a little bit of, so when you say, as we you know go on in this interview and you're talking about T3 and T4, can you explain that relationship and um, how it's supposed to present in the body? Yes, yes. So I, I'll try not to get too like scientific nerdy, but <laughs> the, the thyroid produces roughly 80% T4 and about 20% T3. Now, the funny thing is, is that T4 is completely inactive. T3 is our active thyroid hormone. So earlier I said every cell in your body has a receptor site on it. The trick is it only has a receptor site on it for T3. So T4 has to convert over. It has to become T3. And when I describe this to patients, I say it's, it's a really tough job. There are many factors that come into play for T4 to properly convert over to T3. So a lot of systems in the body have to be working properly. You have to ha have adequate levels of magnesium, selenium, iodine, iron status, ferritin, cortisol levels, are you estrogen dominant? That will block it. Are you insulin resistant? That will block it. So, so many, I, I, I tell people it's like running a marathon with hurdles. It's a really <laughs> tough job for T4 to convert over to T3, but it has to because that's what's going to get into your cell and give you a metabolism and grow your hair and give you a good mood and give you energy. Gotcha. Okay. So T3 is the active form. T4 is the inactive and that conversion is necessary for all of the functions that you just listed. Yes. Um, <clears throat> can you explain what the conventional, when someone, you know, is diagnosed with hypothyroidism and say it's, it's, um, say it's non Hashimoto's and it's, um, they're just seeing those, uh, symptoms and lab, uh, markers of the typical hypothyroid and they get 
they go to the doctor, what happens next? What usually happens next in conventional medicine? This episode of The Medicine is brought to you by Immune Intel AHCC, which is my own private label. If this is the first you're hearing about it, AHCC comes from the mycelium or root-like structure of shiitake mushroom. It is the most clinically researched functional food in the world with over 30 years, three zero years of clinical research behind it. HCC is really the main tool that I use to help people get out of suffering from things like HPV, autoimmune disorders, cancer, liver failure, skin disorders, fatigue, HIV, herpes, and much more. If you're thinking, how does one thing work for all of these issues? It's because HCC delivers intelligence to your immune system. Then your body actually does the work of healing the disease. If you want to learn more about HCC, and in my opinion, you should, you can go back and listen to episode number three of this podcast, where I dive deep and answer all of the major questions about HCC. If you or someone you love needs HCC, you can find it linked below in the show notes or on my website, getmimifit.com in Mimi's store. This may just be the thing that you've been searching for. Cheers, boo. This is where people become really frustrated and cry in their car. So what normally happens is they'll go in and they'll say, hey, doc, I have all these symptoms, X, Y, Z, everything we talked about, inability to lose weight, gaining weight, extreme fatigue, hair loss, hair falling out in clumps, hair thinning, the outside of their eyebrows are disappearing, they're grumpy, they're moody, their periods are irregular, on and on and on. There's a ton of symptoms correlated. So they go to their doctor and they say, hey, doc, I'm feeling this way. If they're lucky, their doctor will say, hey, we'll test you for hypothyroidism. Nine times out of 10, they're going to get TSH and free T4 and that is it. Again, going back to medical textbooks here, TSH is a pituitary hormone. It's thyroid-stimulating hormone. It's released by the pituitary to basically say, hey, Mr. Thyroid, you're not doing your job. Can you wake up a little bit here and produce some thyroid hormone? Because we're detecting that something's not right. And that's where we see TSH levels go up. I always tell people it's one of the very few lab markers where high means low, the higher that TSH goes, the more hypo, the lower your thyroid is functioning. So they'll get TSH and free T4 done. Now, that gives us a little bit of a picture. If it's really out of range, then we can say, oh, okay, there's a problem here. But this is where functional medicine comes in. Number one, we have different optimal ranges. So optimal, and again, analogy stories, I love giving them, a normal standard lab value range that you see on your lab result is like hitting the side of a barn. If I stand you back 50 feet and I give you a ball and I say, here, hit this side of a barn, you're probably going to hit it. But if I put an itty bitty target on the barn and I say, this is your optimal range, try yeah. to hit it. You yeah. might, you might not, but this is where you're going to have your life back. This is where you're going to feel your best. Normal, yeah. you might still feel like garbage. Optimal, you're going to feel a lot better. So there's normal versus optimal range. And then there's other testing that needs to be done. So many people are not getting thoroughly tested with their thyroid. They're not going beyond that TSH and free T4. They're not testing free T3 
the active thyroid hormone. Some people don't even get their antibodies tested to, to see if they have Hashimoto's. Um, there's another test called the reverse T3. Reverse T3 is kind of like the anti-thyroid hormone. So in that conversion process, remember you have to run a marathon with hurdles. That free T4, that T4 thyroid hormone has to convert. If it doesn't, if it has trouble converting, if things are getting in the way of that conversion process, it will convert to reverse T3. And that will block T3 from getting into the cell. It's a need to know lab marker. Now that can be raised in some situations, evolutionary, that, that goes up in times of extreme illness or injury. We see high reverse T3 in the ER, ICU. But in normal everyday life, if we want to get that thorough picture of someone's thyroid, we need that marker as well. So there's a lot going on when you go to conventional doctors with your symptoms and you leave frustrated, mm -hmm. like I did, and you're, you don't have answers. That doesn't necessarily mean there's nothing going on and that, that, we, that we don't need to address. There could still be something we need to address, but we need that whole picture in order to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Right. Yeah. I love, I love that analogy of the barn where it's like, you could still be in range medical, you know, medical, traditional medical ranges and still feel like crap. And that was my case and the case for so many women. And that's really what makes doctors say like, no, you look fine. It's not because they're lying to you or they're unkind or they hate you or they don't want you to feel better. It's because they're looking at what jumps out what jumps out of these medical ranges? They're not looking at necessarily optimal ranges. Um, can you explain why the common treatment, which is the Synthroid or <clears throat> Levothyroxine, can you explain what that is actually doing in the body and why it doesn't work for a lot of people? So yeah, T4, Synthroid, Levo, Tyrosin, it has Levoxyl, has many, many names. But that is the standard of care that doctors have been taught in medical school that when you see a thyroid problem, when you actually see a glaring thyroid problem, that you put someone on Synthroid, you put them on T4 and send them on their way and they'll be fine. Again, we have all those factors coming into play with conversion. So iron status, estrogen levels, cortisol levels, high or low can interfere, magnesium, selenium, iodine, all those things that I mentioned earlier need to be examined. And then there's also actually a genetic component. There's um, a SNP, there's a genetic SNP, like a little blip in our DNA, DIO1 and DIO2. And those, if someone is positive for that, and it's not easy to get genetic testing these days, but if someone goes that far to get a genetic test, I have a couple of patients in the UK, they have more access to it than we do in the US, they showed positive. And that tells us that this person naturally has an issue with converting T4 mm. to T3. So it really is about one in 100 patients that I see that do well on T4 only. I'm not wow. a fan. It doesn't give you a quality of life. It might make your numbers look pretty for your doctor, but it's not necessarily going to make you feel your absolute best that you can feel, that it yeah. is possible to feel. And that should be the goal. That should be the end goal is like, I got to get this person feeling good, not just looking at lab numbers and like, well, no, it, they look good. The first thing that, you know, what 
jumped out at me the first time we spoke and what really impressed me with you. One of the things was, you know, we have to look at the person. You can't just look at lab numbers because they could look semi-normal. You have to look at the person's, you have to listen to them. You have to listen. What are your symptoms? What are you feeling? What's, what's your stress level like? What's your lifestyle like? Um, and that kind of brings me to the case study that I want to share with you. And um, this actually is my mom who um, a couple weeks ago got a full, well, not full, but it was called full, full blood panel done. And she did get TSH and then thyroxine, the, the T4 lab tests done. And um, her doctor called her and had her come in because her TSH um, just for everyone listening, that's the signal from the pituitary gland from your brain telling your thyroid to produce, 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 produce. So hers was crazy high at 13.1. Mm-hmm. What is the optimal range for TSH? So optimal is actually below a two. Now you'll get flagged if you're over a 4.5, but again, functional medicine, even between a, a two and a four, we will still see symptoms. We will still see the presence of subclinical. Now in your mom's case, that's that's just screaming. That's glaring. That is full blown. There's not a question. This isn't a subclinical issue. This is hypothyroidism, period. And then her thyroxine was 0.81%. I know that's an incomplete panel, as you've already shared with us. Uh, you need more testing, but what would your best guess be with she's um, 62 years old, really active, healthy, eats whole foods. She, when I, when I asked her about, you know, mom, are you, are you having any symptoms? She's just an optimistic, amazing person. So she's not one to complain ever. I never hear my mom complain. So, but she is tapped into her body. She does like pay attention to her own cues, but she is go, 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 go. I don't sit down until 9 p.m. She's on her on her feet all day doing hair for 40 years. She's a hairstylist. Um, she always is having projects. She works out five times a week. She does a lot. So I don't think she gives herself the space to feel tired, honestly, if I can just do some interpretation work, uh, just knowing my mom. And then after I asked her the question, like, mom, are you having any symptoms? Definitely not hair falling out. Um, she doesn't feel like she has low energy, but she did say, you know, sometimes when I sit down in the afternoon, if I close my eyes, I could fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And that was really the only thing she shared. So there's no glaring, I feel awful symptoms. What do you think is going on? So I'm actually surprised that she doesn't have more symptoms, but a lot of it, like you said, could be her attitude, right? So when we see that TSH go that high, she's definitely in a hypothyroid state. Her free T4 is low as well. So optimal free T4 is 1.5 or above. And then we really do need to look at her free T3. We need to see her reverse T3 and we need to test her antibodies to see if there is the presence of Hashimoto. So it could be for her that literally her mindset, and that could be another podcast in and of itself, her mindset is keeping her going and and getting her through this hypo state that she's in, but eventually it's going to hit her. Mm. So I think intervening now 
to start treatment before she crashes and before she starts to really feel that hypo state is key. That's just key with her. I think sometimes too, this was definitely the case with me um, recently, you're doing so many healthy things in your life that kind of keeps you afloat. It keeps you from feeling completely wrecked. Um, I've definitely felt this way in my life where I take all the medicinal mushrooms. I eat the best food or all organic. I work out regularly. I pay attention. I meditate. I do all these things. And my mom does a lot of these things too. So I think there are some like water wings keeping her afloat when really I think there might be like a hole in, in her boat. Um, so what would be next steps getting more testing done? And then right. um, I'm just going to point her towards you. <laughs> Yeah, I'd love to help her. I'd love to help her. I'm just going to point her towards you because I don't, I honestly don't think that her doctor, not that she's not a great person, but I don't think her doctor has maybe the necessary tools or expertise to help her with this. Um, and so that would be my next thing is, is encouraging people out there. If your doctor's not listening to you, if they don't even like stop to ask you about your symptoms or what your lifestyle is like, I am inviting you to broaden your horizons. You might have to pay out of pocket. You might have to do a little digging. You might have to ask a few people, look around the functional or, or root cause medicine space mm -hmm. to find someone that will truly get to the root cause and not simply treat you like lab results. Oh, I say that all the time too. You're more than just a lab result. You're a person yes. with symptoms. And the other thing I tell people is that if you go to your doctor and you ask for thorough testing, so let's say your mom goes back to her doctor and she says, hey, you know, I really want these other tests done, uh, free T3, reverse T3, both of the thyroid antibodies. Can we throw in a hormone panel, maybe an iron panel, zinc, mag, iodine? If your doctor says no to testing, that you are requesting for your body to really get an accurate picture of what's going on with your body, it's time to get a new doctor because it's no money out of their pocket. It's no skin off their back to write a script for you to walk into a lab to get a big picture of what your body is doing. Yes. And to me, that's completely wrong. It's inept. Listen, I love the conventional medicine community. There are some fantastic docs that I've partnered with that treat my patients exactly the way I want them to be treated, whether it's testing or medication, whatever is needed. But I'm speaking kind of the majority and what people normally experience when they go in to ask for testing. Sometimes they're told no, and that's a huge red flag. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I just want to reiterate that it's, you're not putting them out. I think, I think the fear is that they, if they do get certain results back, they won't know how to treat you. They won't know what <laughs> she's Bingo. like nodding so hard right now. Bingo. They won't know what to do if, they do get results back that they're not used to looking at every day. Um, and I think, I think that's part of the human condition is that we are not inclined, most of us, to say, oh, shoot, man, I was wrong and I don't know what to do. Yep. That's really you hard. Share brain. We share a brain. I say that as well, too. I say I, I think sometimes they actually don't know what to do with those results. They don't know what the optimal is. They don't know what to, what does reverse high reverse T3 mean? What do I do with that? 
And unfortunately, I think that is the case. You, you have to, if you do go out of the box, like maybe you just said, go, get out of the box, look for a functional medicine practitioner, integrated practitioner, make sure they specialize in the thyroid as well, if that's really what's going on with you or you suspect that's what's going on with you. Because even in that space, I've seen functional integrative docs treat conventionally and not test thoroughly. And I come back to that whole, do you, do you not know what those numbers mean? Is that why you're kind of avoiding it? If somebody comes to me with something that's not my specialty, I will refer out. I don't want to attempt to help someone and not be able to. So I think it's really about finding someone that specializes in that so they yeah. know what to do with you. Yes, absolutely. I agree. This is a very complicated um you know, area of the body, it can be. And, you know, you've been studying and digging and researching, and now you're basing your whole career off of it. Basically, um, it takes a lot of time and work and studying and case studies and talking to people and interviewing. And I think that it's, it's maybe we're putting too much on the conventional doctor who has to take the whole body into consideration. Um, I'm trying to cut them some slack here because I know there are some really good people out there that do truly want to help. I think that right. there is just a lot of pressure on being an expert in every single area of the body is um, that, that seems that that's hard. That's really hard, you know, just, just to cut them some slack. Um, so I want to jump into some questions that I got from my um, listeners yeah. And we've already gone over some of them, so I'll try not to repeat here. Um, but there were a lot of questions around natural remedies, therapies. Um, so I guess the first question I'm going to bring up is, I just got diagnosed with hypothyroid. My doctor prescribed meds. What can I do instead of meds? Okay. So this is going to be a little bit longer of an answer because I'm going to preface it. First of all, whenever we're talking about thyroid medication, you have to think of it as hormone replacement. So if you were diagnosed type 1 diabetic, you would need insulin. You couldn't say, you know what, I think I'm going to go the natural route here. No, you can't. You need insulin because your pancreas no longer produces insulin or produces too little amount for your body to function. When it comes to thyroid hormone, it really depends on each unique individual and how bad they are. If it's Hashimoto's, what stage are you in? How bad do you feel? Let's look at your symptoms. Let's look at your numbers. How far off optimal are you? Because there's a, there's a point in time where it can be dangerous. I had a patient once that had a free T3 level in the US standard range, what I'm talking about in US standard lab value ranges, of a one. Now, optimal is 3.5. And you might think, oh, that's not that far off. No, that's dangerously low. And since our heart needs T3, that is a dangerous situation where medication is necessary. Now, if someone is very adamant and they say, I just don't want to go on meds, first I'll tell them there are natural meds, there are the synthetics, but there are NDT, natural desiccated thyroid hormone medication, armor. NP, nature authority that we can use if you feel comfortable in that space using a more kind of quote unquote natural medication. If you absolutely are adamant about not taking medication, we can certainly try everything else possible 
but you're going to have to be really, really strict. Mm. So that means we need to test your iron, your insulin, your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, your, your DHEA. We need to do a four-point salivary cortisol panel on you. We got to test your zinc and your mag and your iron and your saline. Everything that comes into play to support the health of your thyroid, we need to test. We need to take down inflammation. We need to use supplementation to support the body's systems, especially if there's deficiencies. We need to make sure your gut's on point and heal your gut. And we have to put you on a very low inflammatory, pretty darn strict diet in order to keep your thyroid healthy. And then we see if that works. If you feel better, if you get your life back, if you can stay on point with everything and be consistent, then it is possible to do it naturally. It's just not easy and it's not always the way to go. And I tend to look at thyroid medication a little differently than, let's say, a statin right? So if a patient comes and they're like, I've been put on a statin medication and I look at their lipid panel and that's a whole nother topic as to what's optimal, what's not. But that would be one that, you know, that has so many side effects and do you really need it? I mean, the the body can function without a statin. I mean, short of having a a severe heart condition or you've had a previous heart attack, uh, the body can function without statins. The body can't function without thyroid hormone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And I love that you take it back to the individual and you're treating, you know, in this, in this case or in this question, you're treating it, you know, the person as an individual and we need to look at you. What's your situation? What is your body asking for? And, um, I think that, you know, in the natural or integrative health space, um, if people are more health conscious, I know I had this when I was dealing with my thyroid, I actually did use T3, um, for a short time, but there was this, like, I didn't want to be on medication. I didn't want that, like, like weird stigma of like, oh yeah, I need a medication because my body is subpar basically. I think there is almost this like little bit of shame, like, yeah, I'm on a medication, you know? Do you yeah. ever feel that or see that? Like people like, I just don't want to say I'm on a medication. I do. I do. Especially if it's the first one, especially if someone is is young like you and they've never been on a med ever, then they're a little bit hesitant. So I, I think for someone that really does not want to be on a medication, we can implement all those other steps. And now, I mean, just especially since meeting you and now I'm diving into the HCC research, I think that's going to be super interesting because that does have the possibility to lower so much inflammation. Um, and, and we're going to try it on Hashimoto patients and really see how they, so I'm excited about that. That's a, that's a huge possibility of going the more natural route that I didn't see before. So if you would have asked me that before I met you, it would have been, "Mm, I don't know, this is going to be really, really hard to go natural here without meds. But now I'm seeing more and more of a possibility because when you decrease inflammation in the body, systems work better, Mm -hmm. period. Disease lowers when inflammation lowers, period. Yeah. that's, That's a possibility right there. Yeah, I love that. And and we're going to do um a Facebook live interview for for Amy's platform and I'm so excited to kind of do this collaboration and joint effort to um let people know that AHCC can be an option for some people and uh so that's going to be really fun. So 
Um, a lot of questions around diet and lifestyle. You touched on some. What are the major things? So if somebody is living just standard lifestyle, standard American diet, you know, um, maybe not horrible, but just the average person, and they get diagnosed with hypothyroid, um, what are some changes that they can make to their lifestyle to um, help facilitate, you know, just feeling better? So the big one, and this, it's kind of a no brainer in our community, but it's, it's worth saying you have to take out the sugar and the processed foods because that's going to create that state of inflammation. Whenever you have inflammation, and I think when we use that term, people think of an injury or redness on their body or something yeah. is, is visually inflamed or they feel heat. No, there can be this systemic inf inflammation, a full body inflammatory response that then can affect any system. So it can downregulate your thyroid function. It can it can disrupt the entire endocrine system. So when you lower inflammation in general, you're going to get a better response, a better functioning of your entire body. So that's, that's just the in general no brainer. And then when we get into autoimmune conditions, that's where we start talking about gluten. And I know people are rolling their eyes right now because they've heard this over and over again. And the gluten-free diet really did get a bad rap because when it really kind of first, I don't want to say came out, but when, it, when we became aware of gluten, everyone went out and they replaced everything in their cabinet with a gluten-free version. So, oh, I have bread. I'm going to get gluten-free bread. Oh, I have pretzels. I'm going to get gluten-free pretzels. Oh, I have cookies. I'm going to get gluten-free cookies. Not realizing that all those processed gluten-free foods still contain sugar. They still contain potato starch, tapioca flour, all those things that will still produce inflammation in the body. And then you have people saying, well, I don't feel any better from this gluten-free diet. I didn't lose any weight. It didn't take down inflammation. Well, no, because you didn't eat real food. You yeah. just replaced everything with a gluten-free version. So when you take out gluten and you eat real food, that makes a world of difference in the body, in every part of the body, not just the thyroid, every part of the body. Yes. I think it's less of like, okay, what can I get away with? What are the substitutions? And more like, what are the, what are the foods from the earth? Um, that, you know, foods from the earth, I don't know what natural whole food from the earth has gluten in it. So I think if you make that switch and start there rather than like, okay, what can I get away with? I see, you know, you see like gluten-free Oreos and it's like, yeah. there's no, there, there has to be like a thought change from the beginning, a thought change about what actually is food, right? Exactly. And I think without that thought change of like, oh, that packaged thing that's good on the shelf for two years isn't actually food over here, you know? So I think that original kind of elementary thought change has to happen first. Um, well, that's really good. I feel like almost for any chronic disease, step one is taking out sugar and processed foods, right? So simple, but it's so hard for people to do mm -hmm. or to even conceptualize because there, for you and I, it, it's, it's natural. We know what contains sugar. We know to look for high fructose corn syrup on labels. We know to look for food coloring on label. We know what processed is. We know where gluten is. A lot of people just don't. And yeah. it, it almost has to start with baseline education and then change because people need to know. And it's a shame that we have to educate people on what is real food, but we've gotten so far away from what is real food 
that we now have to teach that. Yeah. Yep. I totally agree. Um, you gotta, you gotta start with those fundamental (laughs) teaching points and, um, the fundamental education. Um, so the next question is, is we've talked about it a little bit, but I want to address it specifically. Is it ever possible to get off thyroid meds? Say you've been treating it for a while, you've changed lifestyle. Do you ever see anyone that is able to get off of their meds? So again, it comes back to, and this is, this is debatable in the functional medicine thyroid expert community as well. It comes back to that initial answer of personalization, individuality. You are a unique person. It really depends on what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And so let's say we have someone that came back with, like your mom, a TSH of a 13. Let's say we test antibodies are through the roof. We're doing everything lifestyle, behavior, nutritionally. We're supporting supplementally. We're checking for all those different markers that interfere with thyroid function. And yet the person is still suffering and they're still, and I've seen this in my practice. They, they come back, they're like, I still am so tired. My mood is so horrible. I haven't lost one pound. There, there's not, I, I keep gaining. In that case, yeah, you might be on thyroid med the rest of your life, but here's the thing. If it gives you your life back and you can live this optimal life. I've been optimized for 15, 20 years now. And if you took away my thyroid medication, there's going to be a fight because that's what keeps (laughs) me going. Now I'm optimized. I don't want to be non-optimized. And that's what keeps my, my levels perfect and me in my optimal state. So for me, I wouldn't. But again, it's that trial and error. If somebody, if we support all the systems and someone says, I really want to try to get off my thyroid medication, then we try it. And with that acknowledgement that, listen, if you start going backwards and your symptoms start reappearing, that might be a sign that, that you need this. Because with Hashimoto's, remember, there's that continued destruction. Now, you can do things to keep the soldiers in their barracks, right? Those little soldiers that want to go out and they're confused and they want to beat up your thyroid. You can do things to keep them contained, but they're still getting out every once in a while. They mm. are. So it, it's kind of the question of how far along are you in the progression of the destruction of your thyroid in Hashimoto's? What kind of symptoms are you dealing with? How dedicated are you to making those lifestyle changes? And then maybe we can talk about getting off thyroid med. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so again, it's not black and white, you guys. It's individual. And um, I think that's how medicine, you know, it should be. it should be done that way. There's not a lot of black and white answers. It should be individual. And that's, that's really a good sign of a doctor that's, that's looking for root cause and wants to get you back to optimal is, you know, it depends on you. So um, the next question is, what's the best way to lose weight with treated hypothyroidism? And I'm going to layer in a little bit. We don't know if what she's being treated with is the right medication. That was right? my first thought. Yeah. That so was my first thought. I'll let thought. you go from there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So w- when someone says thyroid medication, that is the question. So what are you taking? What's the dose? Um, did you have all of the labs tested? Are you getting them retested? 
to make sure that they're in an optimal range, they're in your optimal range. So if all that is a yes, if we, if we know the med, we know the dose, it looks good, it's T4 and T3, your numbers look good, then it becomes, let's look at the other things that can contribute to weight loss, weight gain, like insulin. So oftentimes I'll see insulin resistance paired up with hypothyroidism. High insulin levels will cause weight gain and will stop your ability to lose weight, no matter what you do. Uh, of course, we have to personalize your nutrition plan. So there's not a cookie cutter, but I would say in general, since we do see a lot of insulin resistance with hypo, we have to cut back on the carbs. You don't have to go low carb, you don't have to go keto necessarily, but just cut back on the carbs. And that will naturally happen when you eat real food. That will naturally happen when you eliminate sugar and processed food, like we talked about in the last question. So cutting back on those inflammatory foods, cutting back on the carbohydrates that are spiking your insulin definitely helps. And then for that, for that um, question as well, does she have Hashimoto's? Do we really have to do a total elimination of gluten because gluten will spur on an autoimmune attack with whatever autoimmune condition you have? When you consume gluten, you're sending those soldiers out. So that's another piece of the puzzle mm. too with, with weight loss because if the soldiers are going out and they're beating up your thyroid and it's not functioning, even though you're on medication, yeah. it's still going to have days where it doesn't work properly and that med can't overcome the beating up of the thyroid. I mean, if I, if I came to your house and, and I, I hit you with a baseball bat every day, you're not really going to be functioning too well on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's essentially what's happening to the thyroid with Hashimoto's. Gotcha. Hello. We're going to talk about everybody's favorite topic, acne. It's actually become one of the things that I really enjoy talking about, believe it or not, because I've found products that actually work. Uh, after two years of battling cystic acne when my hormones were in the tank, then another year on top of that to figure out how to get rid of my scars, I finally feel really, really good about the products that I'm using now. Something that I think that people don't realize about the journey of healing acne is that it's not only a physical journey, it's actually a mental battle too. I remember the days where I would just stare at my skin in the mirror and cry, feeling like I was doing all of the right things, and still every day a new blemish or a new scar would show up. Uh, fast forward to now, I get compliments on my skin looking beautiful all the time, and trust me, I never thought I would hear that again. Okay, so what am I using? Great question. I use the anti-acne and anti-aging skincare line called Clear Stem Skincare. Their main goal is to provide us with products that actually work and have zero hormone disruptors. Okay, here's a spoiler. Some of the most expensive skincare lines still have hormone disruptors. They still have ingredients that could be perpetuating your acne problem. The ingredient list is really, really, really important. And that's Clearstem's like commandment number one, making sure that all of their products have only anti-inflammatory, brightening, antioxidant, and healing ingredients. 
personally, I use the daily exfoliating vitamin scrub every morning in the shower. Then when I get out, I use the Clarity Serum. And you wanna wait at least 15 minutes after this serum because it's balancing the pH of your face, which is really important for healing. Then, after those 15 minutes, I follow up with their Signature Cell Renew Serum, which is made for repairing damaged skin, like acne scars or hyperpigmentation. Plus, the Cell Renew has reishi mushroom extract in it, so obviously I'm obsessed. If you wanna get your hands on this gold, just go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMIFIT at checkout. That's clearstemskincare.com, then M-I-M-I-F-I-T for a hefty discount. I know you and your face are going to absolutely love this stuff. Cheers, boo. How often should people get tested? How how closely should you how close of an eye should you keep on your numbers, lab markers, and test results? Great question. I get asked that a lot. So when I'm working one-on-one with patients in general, let's say we do a med change. In general, we can test maybe every six weeks. Sometimes we can stretch it out when they become optimized and they're feeling pretty good. But I always say, listen, if you start to feel funky. If any symptom comes back where you're like, you know what? Something's just not right here. I used to feel good and now I'm back backsliding a little bit. Then we retest. It doesn't matter how long it's been. Then we thoroughly retest and maybe we test other things that could be coming into play to create that symptom as well. So there's no protocol. There isn't conventional medicine. They'll say, hey, go on your way. We'll see you in six months to a year. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I'd really like to know my lab results before that. Um, but functional medicine, we, you know, every six, eight weeks, but sooner if you're not feeling so great. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Um, this next question, um, I think we've touched on a little bit, but again, I think this is a really, really common thing. Speaking to testing, if you're getting testing done um, and you see that, like this person says, why my T3 levels are so low, even though I take medication, T4 is fine. So then the question comes, right? What medication are you on? So if you are taking T4 only, then yes, that this is why we have to test your T3 levels because they could drop. And the other reason that, that T3 levels drop, and I would ask that, um, that listener is, did she have her, did he or she have her reverse T3 tested? So what we said in the beginning, reverse T3 anti-thyroid hormone. I like to use the analogy of a bouncer at a club. So you have too much reverse T3 that guy is standing outside your cell door with his arms crossed telling T3, you can't come in, you can't come in, you can't come in. So then the T3 levels drop. They also drop if you're not taking the right medication. If your body needs T3 and you're giving it T4 and you have a conversion problem, yeah, your free T3 is going to be low because you need T3 medication in that mix. Gotcha. Yeah. So does that, so I know you mentioned only one, roughly only one out of a hundred people that you see or work with the T4 medication helps or works. Mm -hmm. Would you say that, um, that's consistent that most people are taking that and most people are 
not seeing results? Is that kind of what, what comes to you, what presents to you is people, is that common? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I see that one out of a hundred, I always go, really? Like, do you really feel good? You're sure you're okay. Okay. Well, then you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Um, I'm always amazed actually. So that surprises me when I see T4 only work. And, and I know that that's been, that's what's taught. Um, I think I shared with you a story, which I can share with the listeners too, that years ago I gave a talk to the integrative wellness physicians here at, in Erie at Lecom. And it was all about the thyroid. It was about thorough testing. And I finally got to the, the point of medication. And I said, why are you in the Synthroid box? I, I said, if someone presents with depression, you will give them an antidepressant. If that one doesn't work, you'll give them another one. If that doesn't work, you'll give them two. And then you'll layer on another one on top of that. But when they come to you with a thyroid problem and they're actually diagnosed, you give them one medication, T4. And the one doc raises his hand and says, that's all we've learned. Mm. So unfortunately, many people are, are stuck. Many patients are stuck in the Synthroid box because their doctor doesn't know any better. They don't know. I, I can't say they don't know. They have to know that there are other thyroid medications out there. They've only been taught to use T4, whether Abbott Pharmaceuticals, the maker of Synthroid, funded their, their medical school. I don't know. That's getting into conspiracy theory, but it is true. Um, I, I don't know that why that's all they've learned, but that's all they've learned. And then the patient suffers because they're stuck in the Synthroid box too. That seems really really simple. When you do just the lightest digging, mm -hmm. you don't even have to go very far on Dr. Google to find right? that you should be, most people who have that conversion problem should be taking some form of T3 because that's what yep. your body is screaming for. Yep. It took me zero <laughs> minutes to find that on the internet when I was in my own situation. Why is this still taught? Why? I know you probably don't have the answer affirmatively, but why do you think medical schools are still teaching this when it takes, it takes no effort whatsoever to understand, like, are they even looking at what's happening in the thyroid? Like, just enlighten me because this is where I get frustrated. There's a lot of false fear. So there are past studies that have now been proven false that said, well, if you give your patient T3, they're going to have heart arrhythmia. If you give your patient T3, they're going to have bone loss. So with the heart arrhythmias, if someone has a predisposition to arrhythmia, tachycardia, of course, we are very careful. That doesn't mean that they can't take it. We are just very, very careful with T3. In the elderly, we don't prescribe high doses of T3. But and, and with the bone, that's been completely proven false. And especially if you're taking vitamin D and magnesium, that's fantastic for support, supporting bone loss, um, supporting bone health. You're doing any type of exercise, that's going to keep your bones strong. So it's not like T3 comes in and starts chipping away at your bone. We've, we've discredited that as well. But a lot of docs don't know that that's been discredited. They're still going with their old way of thinking. And again, maybe they don't even keep up with the latest research. They don't keep up with the latest way of thinking. 
And, and then we can come down to dosing. So T3 can be dosed in itty bitty teeny tiny micrograms where sometimes we give, I'll, I'll give a patient 2.5 twice a day, five micrograms. And that's enough to just give them life. Now, usually we have to go up a little bit, but then there are actually patients like myself. I'm a T3 only patient. I do not convert at all. You give me T4, I get worse. I am on 150 micrograms split dose. I take 75 and 75. And when people hear that, they go, oh my gosh. It's, but I use that and I tell people my dosing to give them the example that I've been on this for a while. I'm still alive. My bones haven't deteriorated. You can do a DEXA scan on me and I haven't had a heart attack. So, and just looking at her, you guys, she is beautiful. She has hair <laughs> down to her belly button. She looks, I mean, you look amazing. So you. you look far you. from dead. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, I don't feel dead. Thank you for that. But, uh, but yeah, I think there's just those, those false fears that are keeping false fears and not keeping up with current education on the mm -hmm. thyroid. That's what I would say. Well, I appreciate you for trying to change that narrative in, in medicine. And, and I, I know one person alone can't do it, but this is where the ripple effect comes in. And, yeah. you know, um, this disease prevention ripple, this just lifestyle, I want to feel good ripple. And every single time I will tell people it comes down to you being your own best advocate, no matter mm -hmm. how good your doctor is, your doctor's not going to heal you. Right. Your doctor can guide you and give you tools and resources and education. Ultimately, it's your body that does the work, like, does. you know, really the brunt of the work. So what resources do you give, you know, for people who do want to learn more? I, I want to dig into this. How do I learn more that, you know, just aside from you and your work and your videos, like books, websites, blogs, what do you suggest for people if, who, who want to know? more? So I would say, number one, I'm mainly on Facebook. So that's where you'll find a lot of my, my videos. I do a lot of education, um, uh, YouTube. But I, when you're on Facebook, be careful of the Facebook group. So there is one group in particular that is amazing. It's called the Attuned Thyroid. And what I respect about them is they don't allow false opinion in. The admins there are knowledgeable. They think like I do. Um, we, we've talked. We, we share philosophies. There are times I'll go on to answer someone's question and it's already been answered by an admin in the exact way that I would answer mm -hmm. it. Great. So I love that group, but a lot of times people will say, oh, I'm in, you know, five, six, seven different groups on Facebook, but you might get some false information in there. You might get some really, really bad advice and you just have to be careful where you get your info from. And I would say just narrow your sources of in yeah. info, um, just narrow them down. Paul Robinson has a great book. I forget the exact name of it, but it's, it's basically for patients. It's like a patient handbook. Um, and he really gets into, so Paul Robinson is T3 only. He has a, a blog, Recovering with T3. So him and I think very much alike as well. And I say just use a couple sources so you don't bog your mind down so much that, that you're conflicting yourself because you're hearing this over here, but you're hearing that over there. Just listen to a couple people and become your own advocate 
And the more you learn about your body, which is why I love teaching, I love educating my patients, the more you learn about your body, the better in tune you'll be. You'll be able to tap into that innate healing possibility that we have inside of us. Yeah. Our bodies have the ability to heal. Yes, you might need some guidance. You might need a little bit of help. You might need a little, a little crutch, but your body has the innate intelligence to heal. So narrow your sources down, learn, educate yourself and learn about your body. Yes. I love that. Yep. Bringing it back to bringing it back to the body and you being your own advocate always. Um, we'll definitely put, I will put all of those resources in the show notes, you guys. So um, I'll, I'll get those from Amy and they'll be down below in the show notes. If you want to have more resources to learn about this condition, um, I would highly, highly, highly recommend and invite you to take it on as a, as a, as a, you know, kind of like an adventure in learning about yourself. Um, don't just, this sounds so bad, but don't just listen to your doctor and that's it. That's your only source for education. If there's something going on in your body, take it on yourself. You know, looping back to your question to my very first or your answer to my very first question, what do you love in your life? Um, gifting this, you know, this hope, this, um, courage and faith to take the next step and really take ownership and responsibility and not looking to someone else to fix mm -hmm. you. But when you do that, when you take ownership, you take your power back, right? You're not looking to someone else to, oh, they have to fix me. They have to fix me. They have to fix me. Um, you're putting it on yourself. And then you, you get these these guides and these mentors and these points of, um, you know, uh, education for you that to help you, but ultimately like it needs to be on us. And sometimes that can be a really daunting task for people. I see why people don't want to take that on because it can become a part-time or even full-time job sometimes to just feel better. Yep. But when you do speaking to someone who, or speaking from someone who, has done it. I've done the work and it's so worth it on the other side, you guys. Um, that was a tiny little monologue rant, but um, I'm it. sure you would agree, Amy. I love it. I love it. And I know we'll have some listeners too that say, but I just don't even have the energy to think for myself. I have the thyroid brain fog. I have that. That's where let somebody take your hand guide you a little bit. And then when you start to feel better and that life comes back, then you have that energy and the concentration and the clear head to pursue additional learning. So I completely get it if you're sitting there saying, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't read a book. I can't even pay attention for two seconds. That's okay. Let someone guide you, but you will get to that point where you will just start to love life and you're going to want to learn more and you're going to want to absorb more because you're just going to want to get better and better and better. Yeah. And then remember too, there is this thing and, and it applies to you, it applies to me, it applies to everyone. When you go through something, there's a reason. And if you help one other person get through it and you never know when that person is going to cross your path. So let's say we get you optimized in your thyroid and, and this has actually happened to a patient of mine. You run into somebody at the gym that just starts talking to you about their problems and you can say to them, oh, I completely understand. I've been there. And now I'm better. 
if you help one person, then that struggle, that challenge, that crisis was totally worth it. Yeah. And that's yeah. how this ripple grows is by personal experience, getting on the other side and then being able to help take someone's hand and be like, Hey, um, there's this really awesome lady that I want you to check out. Her name is Amy Horniman. <laughs> and you know, that's a really good place. I, I do want to speak to that because you have tons of videos on your Facebook page and YouTube, you said, right? Yes that are bite-sized and that people can just start there and, um, you know, just start small, but start, right? Just yes. take one step and that becomes kind of the snowball effect where you will start to feel better. You'll feel enthused about it. And then that can kind of um, propel you forward. Um, I have one more question for you that I, yeah. that I ask every guest. Um, you know, the, the medicine is all about disease prevention for body, mind, and relationships. And I want to know from you, what for you currently is the medicine for your body right now? So for my body, I would say it really, this sounds cliche, but it really is real food. And of course, my thyroid medication, because it optimizes me. But but the medication isn't going to do its job if I'm filling my body with garbage. Um, so it's, it's that real food that just nourishes me. It's, it's listening to my body and its needs and giving it what it wants. And then it gives me what I want because it helps me function and perform and feel good. So that's what I would say for body for sure. Love it. And what about for your mind? What feels like the medicine for, for your mind? Ah, for my mind. Um, this is going to be kind of a slash. So meditation slash hot yoga. I am not good at meditating. I know people who are, I give them all the praise in the world. I can't sit still, but I can meditate and pray and get in tune and deep breathe if I'm doing yoga. And I like hot yoga. So even during COVID, I just went in my bathroom and I got a little infrared heater and I turned the steam on and, and I just did hot yoga in my bathroom and made it work, but it still gave me that place, that space to clear my mind, to deep breathe, to meditate, to pray, to be thankful, whatever it is that you, that you believe in, that's nourishment for my mind. Oh, I love that. I love that you just created your own hot yoga studio in your bathroom. That's, that's genius. <laughs> when in crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and what about for your relationships that can be, you know, personal, that can be friendships or significant other, whatever comes to mind for you? Gratitude. I, I think we too easily focus on the bad. So whatever relationship it is, whether it's family, friends, or significant other, when someone pisses us off, we focus on that bad. Oh, they drive me crazy. Rah. Instead of their good qualities. And then we take valuable relationships for, for granted. And we all do it. We're all guilty. I'm guilty of it too. But if you can take steps daily to be grateful for that one thing about a person or a relationship, it changes your focus and then it changes their behavior because you're putting that gratitude out instead of eh, being nitpicky and, and scowling and, 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 and giving them the eyeball. You're, you're seeing them in a different light, a different lens of gratitude. Yeah. I love that. I think too, you know, just like when you buy a new car, like you buy a Jeep and then all of a sudden you see Jeeps 
everywhere. You're like, I didn't know there were so many Jeeps on this planet. It's not because the amount of Jeeps increased. It's because you turned on your reticular activating system in your brain. And now your brain deems Jeeps as important to you. You just spent 50 grand on one or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And yep. so that same thing happens, I think, in any sort of relationship. And so I so wholeheartedly agree that when you focus on gratitude, when you look for gratitude, your mind, your brain will find it will find those instances to be absolutely grateful for whoever you're putting that attention on. Absolutely. And if you have a Jeep Wrangler, I'm going to die because I'm <laughs> on my seventh one. I am a Jeep girl and I do see Jeeps everywhere I go. Because yes. you do yeah. I actually, I, my first car was a Jeep, a teal Barbie teal Jeep Wrangler. It was a stick. I loved it. And then I had, um, another Jeep that I I moved to Arizona. And so I had to get AC. And then I just finished a lease on a Jeep Grand Cherokee that was like, oh, I was like, if you could be like physically attracted to a car, that was it for me. It was bright white. It was beautiful. Oh yeah. Nice. (laughs) Another Jeep girl. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Side note. Okay. We are digressing, but thank you so much. You shed so much light on something that can be really frustrating and debilitating and really just like, man, I just don't know what to do. And I'm, I'm hearing all these things and you just shed a lot of light on, on this area of the body that, that needs more attention, you know, just looking at how important it is for us. Um, Where can people find all the good things that you put out into the world? Where can people connect with you? Absolutely. So you had mentioned Facebook. So you can search for me on Facebook and you'll find all kinds of videos on there. If you type my name into YouTube, you'll find the library of, like you said, just little snippet videos on there to expand your knowledge growth. My website is amyhorneman.com. And if you go to my website, I have free guides. So I have a lab and symptom checklist guide that will give you all the different symptoms that maybe some of them you didn't even know applied to hypothyroidism. And it will give you the labs to ask for. It will give you the optimal ranges. So you can download that guide for free. And then I want to also announce that at the end of August, I am relaunching my course called The Complete Thyroid Fix. And that's for people that maybe they just can't work with me, um, and, but they want to optimize themselves. They want to get their life back. So it's an A to Z step-by-step eight-week course. It dives deep into every single aspect of the thyroid and that will be launching at the end of August too. So if you if you follow me on Facebook, on YouTube, if you go to my website, you'll definitely get the announcements about that course when it is open to, to join. Awesome. Yeah. We will have all of those links, you guys, in the show notes. I will absolutely link those for you. So definitely take a look if you've been struggling with thyroid or even if you're, you know, you feel okay, but you want to learn more. You want to learn more about what's going on in your body. Please use Amy as a resource. She is so so wonderful as you've heard. I hope you got so much value out of this. If if this has been an area of struggle or concern or frustration for you, I know 
um, I know this is going to help a lot of a lot of you out there. So I'm excited to get it out and to um, to hear people's responses. And I'm I'm excited to go on this kind of collaboration journey with you, um, with AHCC, and and possibly using that as another tool for the people that you work with. Definitely more on that to come, you guys. I'll, I'll keep you updated there. Um, take one thing from today. You know, following Amy's advice, take one thing that you can do and just take the next step, whether that's looking her up, whether that's reading a blog, whether that's just getting the lab work. Um, if you're due, just take one step today and that will snowball. Have a beautiful week. Go spread some light and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. And remember, the information provided on this podcast is not meant to replace medical advice from your doctor. I am not a doctor, and so you should keep yours. Please speak with them about diagnosing any medical condition.